Have you ever experienced something so crippling in your life that has made you feel broken? I have. Are you someone who has a giving heart but is struggling to feel good themselves? Are you consistently putting your needs aside to take care of everyone else? If so, you're not alone. Giving starts with giving to yourself so that you are able to give of yourself to other people. Isn't it time you took back control and discovered what makes you tick? Join me in my journey and find out how you can feel better about yourself, live your best life, and share that with others. Thinking of yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you brave. I'm Nelia, and this is the Giving Starts With You podcast. Welcome to the Giving Starts With You podcast, and I'm your host, Nelia Hutt. Today, I am so grateful to have Lois Reamer here to join us. Lois is a remarkable woman making a lot of changes and a lot of impact um, with Fundamaya Canada and in Guatemala. And today is all about introducing you to her and what she does and raising, raising awareness in Guatemala. So welcome, Lois. How are you today? I'm good, Nelia. How are you? I'm doing great. It's such an honor to have you here. Thank you. Such important work that you're doing. Well, thank you. I appreciate the invitation and this opportunity. You're welcome. So Lois B. Reamer, President and Board Chair, joined the Board of Fundamaya Canada in early 2019, taking on the day-to-day -day management activities. Lois has worked closely with Fundamaycion Familia Maya since joining the Board. Lois is a Certified Management Accountant and has a Master's Degree in Business Administration. She's retired and has 40 years experience or over 40 years of experience in financial management, human resources and operations, principally in nonprofit. She has 15 years board experience, 11, which she, she served as board chair for the Fetal Alcohol Spectrum Disorder Society for BC Canada, and one as board chair for Fundamaya Canada. Um, so she's got a lot of experience and uh, who better to help out a nonprofit as important to my heart as Fundamaya as Lois. So Lois is joining us from British Columbia, Canada, another Canadian, which I love having Canadians here on the show. And she's, um, we, this, you know, I keep saying this episode is so important to me, but it, it really is. And, um, you know, so grab a warm drink, get comfortable and, um, yeah, tune in to me and Lois. <laughs> so Lois, yeah. Um, so you have all of this experience and all of this background in the financial uh, district, which is amazing. Because um, you can bring all of your expertise and skills in helping others. I, th I think this is so beautiful that you, that you dedicate your life now to doing this and have for many years. What is the connection between you and Fundamaya? Like, why them? How did you actually um, connect those two things together? Well, initially, um, I think it was 1996, I went, um, I was volunteering here for Immigration Services Society and been matched with a young couple that had had to get out of Guatemala. Oh, okay. And in 1996, I made my first trip down and I stayed with their families. And they had no, no English. I had very little Spanish. But I lived, what they would call it the middle class. So, but that was even an eye-opener for me at that. And so between this young couple and that visit, I developed a, a great love for Guatemala. I spent a month there. And then when I retired, I was just fiddling around on the computer and came across, it was called Mind Families Canada at the time, and they were doing volunteer trips. So in 2015, I took my first trip down and we went to the homes of the people, as you know, and we distributed food. They came and went through clothing and shoes and everything else that we had bought. And my heart just connected with the people. They were so gracious, conduct themselves with such dignity, and yet the hardships under which they live are enormous. So um, 
I came back, went again in 2017, taking my granddaughter with me, and she fell in love with Guatemala, especially riding in the back of a pickup. That's so fun, <laughs> so fun. And um, then again, we went down in um, 2019, but by that time, I'd begun to know the founders, and it was a mother and daughter who founded the organization in 2004 or five, I believe it was. So I've been getting very close to them and they knew my ex my experience in accounting and everything else. And so when I went down in 2019, it was on my own. It was not a group trip. Oh, well, I went with my granddaughter, but it was, otherwise it wasn't connected to the organization in and they had asked me to check out a few things because there had been some changes. Mm. So I got even more involved with the staff who are just absolutely amazing. <clears throat> and when I came back, the uh, founders asked me to go on the board, which I did. And then I started to just take on more of the daily, the day-to-day -day tasks, which weren't huge at the time. Um, and then that fall, they contacted me and said, we're looking at retirement, we have grandchildren, uh, and we would like to travel, so we're thinking of stepping back. We wondered if you would take over the organization. So I was 71 and thinking, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't she look at me? 71? Oh my goodness. All that uh, self-care. <laughs> But I didn't, um, I was kind of, you know, it sounded from what they had said, I was their one option. And otherwise there was mm -hmm. the chance that they would just totally step away and it would um, close down. So after a few sleepless nights, I thought, okay, um, I can do this. And so I did. And been kind of stick handling it ever since. That's amazing. Yeah. That you, yeah. that you did. And we did the formal transfer um, in February of this year, but I've been more or less since, uh, well, certainly all through 2020, taking care of the day-to-day -day and handling the communications. So. so it all started with falling in love with the people. Yeah. So easy to do. Oh, yeah. Um, from the minute I got off the plane, I was just, I don't know, it just, I felt things I had, you know, I've gone, I've had a lot of love in my life, but I felt things that um, exceeded, you know, all those other things. And it's, it's just amazing when you connect with somebody, um, you know, and we say the other side of the world, but it's only a four hour flight from where I live. So easily accessible. And um, yeah, that's why, you know, since I've come back as well, it's one of my passions now to let people know how easy it is, how easy it can be. You know, we think, oh, there's so many places to help out in the world. You know, why this place? Or yeah. there's so many, you know, I'm only one person. What can I do? And, and, that's, and that's part of the reason why we're here today is, is to find out what we can do and what Fundamaya is all about. And yeah. what is your favorite part about working with Fundamaya? Uh, it's the close connection with the families and at the same time it's the hardest part mm -hmm. because I know all the stories I know um, you know I know what's happening with people that we sponsor I know what's happening with our elders I mean you can you can donate to world vision or foster parents and you get a little story but you don't about the child but you you're not it's not as intimate a connection mm. and that of course means a lot more work for the Fundamaya staff but I I think it's a big importance because you really see what your money is doing you know the difference that the money is doing and you know how much it is really needed yeah and you know what surprised me when I first learned about the company and after when I visited um I think more donate people who donate more sponsors actually go down physically and meet the people that they're helping. Whereas yeah. with bigger companies, you don't really have the opportunity to do that. I was surprised at how many 
of them actually have met their sponsors or have met the person who have donated. And it's amazing. And it's so easy to do. And once you have that connection, it nothing can break it. No, no. Once you see see them and the, and the smiles and the kids get so excited <laughs> it's just amazing it um you know and i think at, as a donor you're not only giving a gift you're receiving a huge gift oh my goodness a huge gift in the connection with the family i have received more than i have ever been able to give absolutely you know, it, it's changed the way I live my life. It's changed everything. You become more grateful and you see how people who have less are actually richer than some of the people that, you know, are yeah. living like we are, right? And it's just such an eye-opener. But it's not like we come back and we pity. There's no pity. There's no, um, you know, all they want, people have told me when I went down to visit, all they want is they don't want you to come in and take over and all these things. They want you to come and teach them skills so that they can do better for their family. They are hardworking. They're not looking for a handout. They're very respectful. They're very hardworking. Um, I didn't see any bullying when I came down. The whole society is just beautiful, the way that they live together. And I think that many of us can learn from that. You know, So even if Sometimes I try to encourage people, even if you're looking for a family vacation, something a little different. It's such a beautiful place that you can yes. have a vacation, but yet take part of that, you know, a few days out of that to find out how you can really impact people. You know, there is nothing wrong with that. You don't have to go full on, you know, just to see the experience. There are other ways that you can help. If you can't help through money, you can help by volunteering and it's just amazing. There's so many things that can be done. So oh, yes, amazing. definitely. Yeah. <laughs> can you tell us a little bit about some of the programs that Fundamaya offers? And then maybe after that, we can talk about how, how our people's donations and their volunteer actually like makes those programs exist. Because I know it's run by volunteers. And during COVID, you know, um, I kept reading about how the volunteers were so selfless and going out there day after day and um, you know, taking all the precautions that they could, but yeah, still well, continuing. In, in Guatemala, they're not volunteers. Our group is okay. volunteers. We're okay. our board volunteers. Okay, thank you. But Fundamaya in Guatemala is its own organization. Okay. And they have paid staff and they are predominantly indigenous. So they have lived the life mm. of the clients that they are now helping. And some and, of them may have been helped themselves. Oh, yes. One, one of the um, fellows that I worked with down there in a accounting capacity, he was spot, he was started off with the help of Sharon because they started off one child at a time. The first two years was funded out of Dwight's paycheck, you know, but they would bring in one, two, three children. And mm. so they, they started, they were given that opportunity. And now this young man, he's not only been with the organization for a while, but he's earned a couple of master's degrees and it's because he was given that chance. So I guess that would lead me into the first program that I'll talk about is education. So we offer the opportunity to sponsor a child to go to school. And in Guatemala, school is supposedly free up to the grade six. However, you have to have school supplies. You have to have two pairs of shoes. You have to have a uniform. Um, if you don't have those things and there's an inscription fee, then you don't go to school. And most families, I mean, if you're making $6 US a week, you're not sending your children to school. And the cycle of poverty will continue unless there's an education. Child with an education helps his family. An educated family helps the community. And, it, and an educated community helps the country. And that's the only way it's going to work. And with the um, Fundamaya in Guatemala has three preschools and nutrition centers. So they choose children who are malnourished to come into the preschools. And there they get, well, after COVID's over, yes. they get a meal a day, a hot meal a day. So for the preschool program, 
there's three preschool and nutrition centers, they call them, and they bring in children that are very malnourished, which is actually 46% of the population. Um, and when you think, you know, you think 46%, but when you're in a room with two kids and you're looking them in the eye, just two, and you know that they're malnourished and those are just two, can you imagine what 46% looks like? Sometimes oh, yeah. we, we get lost in the numbers. Yeah. When you're actually picturing this child sitting at <coughs> you and looking at you and wow, yeah. you know, it's just. And, yeah. I mean, there's children, you, you can't believe that they're five or six years old because they look like they're three. <clears throat> and the other thing that the preschool gives them is the opportunity to learn Spanish because Otherwise, if they get to go to school when they're older, they're thrown into classes and likely they only speak Kakichel. Which is the, um, is that, that's the- uh, One of the indigenous languages. Right. Yeah. And there's Very a couple difficult. of other dialects, but I can't remember the names. Um, and also the difficulty in pronouncing them. <laughs> <laughs> I need practice. Um, yeah, so they have that opportunity. They also, if there are medical groups coming down, they'll have them visit the preschools and the social workers check in. And so they will identify needs within the family. So it's, it's a great place to start. The school children do not get um, a meal during the day, but they are provided with all their school supplies in a backpack. And and if they're having trouble in school, they can check in with Fundamaya and they'll see if they, you know, can get some additional help. And then again, there's the additional connection with the family. It goes out to the university level. We only have one in Fundamaya, through my Fundamaya Canada in university right now. But still, it's like $1,500 or 16, yeah, anyway, 16, $1,700 a year for university wow. I mean, in comparison to what you'd pay here. And this makes a difference to that young person's life. And their whole community, because then yeah. they put in, they don't just get that education and leave, you know, like quite often here you go to school and then your children leave the house yeah. and they do all these things. Quite often these people will come back and start their own programs or work with the organization or, you know, and then it's just, it's such a ripple effect how everything is connected. So yeah, have you is. have you seen children um, in the time or have you heard about certain situations where um, people have gone from being malnourished and then getting a sponsor and being able to go through, you know, the, the education system and just changing their life around? I'm sure you've heard numerous, numerous. <clears throat> well, one of the original families with uh, Fundamaya Canada the young man who's at university right now, what started with them, he and his family. Um, and because of the sponsorship and the education, the, some members of his family, they were able to set up their own bakery and start a business. He's in courses now for masters of business administration. And it just gives them so many greater opportunities. Then they can start something and you know take care of themselves and, and there's so many people who say oh no no it's better to give them a hand up than a hand out but if you're sick <coughs> you can't concentrate in school you're not going to do well and the family's member might not be able to work so they can't get food and if you're hungry you try it when they're when they're hungry and they're sleeping on the floor and they're worried right. about their siblings or their parents being Or if you need medical care and you can't afford it, uh, all those things. So with when somebody gets sponsored, like there's a world of difference in that. And, and this young man, he and his two brothers have just done really, really well. Hmm. And, and he, it is still, he still has a sponsor. Oh, that's great. And there's also a donor that sends food to them every month that she has done it's a fraction of what it would cost here to feed a family of the same. Um, well, same yeah, size. I can give you a, a couple of examples here. <clears throat> if you want to feed a family of 10 to 14 people for a month, it's $268. Now that is basically basic staples. You got rice, beans, corn, oil for cooking. 
when they can, they'll throw in vegetables or whatever. We do baskets several times a year, food baskets. There's always a chicken, fresh veggies, a few basic staples, and it'll feed a family of 10 for a week for $60. That's a pizza. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and sometimes we think, you know, what can we do? And it really doesn't take a lot, you know, sometimes, um, even if you don't have yourself, perhaps getting two or three different families in on it to buy that $60 basket, you know, just if people don't know about Fundamaya and people don't know how far um, their donations go, then they, you know, if they don't know about it, then they won't donate, you know, that's why we're here today, because um, it's, it's a little bit goes such a long way. It really oh, does. It does. Like to sponsor a child, what <laughs> will be the cost? Is it about three? It's $47 a month or 563 for the year. And that's U.S. And or that, Canadian? No, that's Canadian. That's Canadian. Okay. And then that, that gets the child into school. Um, a lot of other things, um, you know, you get to know the family and then you find out that there's four children sleeping on cardboard on the floor. Well, to get a bed and a mattress is $255. And quite often they share. So it's not like you have to get one for each, you know, they're used. No, 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 that would be one bed because there isn't the room also. Their, their homes are, are generally one room. It's very small. Um, they have their stove, their tables, their chairs, their bed in there. The kitchen is more or less outside if they're lucky with a, a roof. It's usually a tin roof. Um, mm. But yeah, I mean, just the littlest amount goes into, we have an emergency food fund. We have an emergency medical fund there. And it just means so much. And when you have the elder program, you can sponsor an elder. It's 51 a month and they get food twice a month. Yeah, the lunch program could operate. Oh, yeah. That was one of my favorite programs. Uh, we got to go and visit there for, for a couple hours. <clears throat> and wow, because here you can't you can't imagine becoming a certain age and being homeless or, or your family not being able to take care of you. Like no. usually here it's the opposite. People rally around and try to find out, you know, and then it, their lives become about <clears throat> helping their parents and their elderly, you know, but they, they just don't have the means to do that. And it's not because they don't love them. They just can't support them. No, you have to make a choice. Do I feed my child or, or what? They just do not have the food to share. And especially with COVID, I mean, that, that has been a dire situation. And Fundamaya Guatemala is still going out four days a week, delivering food in the area because minor minor improvements tourism is the major industry there and without tourism there isn't work and without work there isn't food no and and without food also they can't work in the fields because they don't have any like what there's no stamina like everybody's just barely hanging on right and correct me if i'm wrong but my understanding is um that the elderly group um offers one hot meal a day um, yes, there's in San Jorge, there is the lunch program. I mean, there are uh, seniors sponsored in other villages and they have food delivered to them, mm. usually twice a month, but they don't have a hot meal cooked for them. Mm-hmm. It would be nice to open other centers, but that also is another cost. So, but the advantage of that is also it removes some of the social isolation. Yeah. And they can get together and they enjoy it. And as you know, all the visitors enjoy it doing, I, I, I did a bingo game with pictures like of braids and tortillas and things <laughs> that were relevant. And they just had a great time. Yeah, it was great. When my son actually put on a little concert for them, we rented a, a keyboard and while they were getting served lunch, he just played. I don't think they recognized any of the music, but it was so <laughs> It was just oh. something something and different it's just amazing most of them like I speak some Spanish but most of them don't and so there's no communication but there's lots of smiles and finger pointing and yeah it's it's just so heartwarming to be part of that yeah and I understand that sometimes they will save some of their food to have on the weekends <coughs> when Fundamaya is is unable to deliver that right so yeah, well, it may be their one meal a day so if there's 
anything left over that they can take home. They come with their own little containers or, yeah, you know, and it's, um, it's just a big, big help to them. Well, it's one thing I don't know a lot about, but I understand exists through Fundamaya is the um, loan program, like micro loans for women who... Yeah, Fundamaya Canada does not have that in our okay. charter. We tried and we were told it was not a charitable activity. And uh, But I'm looking into that because I found two other Canadian organizations that do it. And it's yeah. more on... You know, so, but they do have a micro loan program and it's so beneficial. And pre COVID, they also had business classes to, you know, to tell them how to manage their money and, and, you know, different business things that you need to know how to get, get a bank account, all that sort of thing. Hmm. Um, but that's where, that's where it's truly a hand up at that point, because you're helping them get started in their own business. And sometimes it's as simple as spending $300 to get them a big, one of those big stoves for making tortillas. And, uh, or there's the ladies that do the beading. If they have upfront money to pay for the beading and they can supply themselves as opposed to having to go through somebody else who takes a chunk of their money. <coughs> one thing I, I learned when I was down there, all those ladies, pedaling up and down, walking up and down Santander, is they have to meet a quota oh. before they get any money for the day. Really? So it puts a new spin on, I mean, it's, oh. you know, it's easy to get annoyed because they do pester you and there's one after the other. But knowing that, you look at it in a different way. Hmm. But I think that's the same anywhere. Like if I go on vacation to Cancun or or do something yeah. people do that yeah. there too you know yeah. or any of those countries but like that that is one thing my son noticed when they were down there he's like mom they they can be a little bit aggressive but they're smiling yeah. while they're being aggressive so you know they don't oh, really yeah. want to be but he's like <laughs> but that's how they live and that's how they make money and knowing what I didn't know what you had just said right now so knowing that it's like wow you know you almost just want to give them a donation rather than necessarily you know like the products that they have are beautiful. Yeah. And um, I was given a couple as gifts and I, I felt bad taking them in a way because I know how much work goes into creating them, right? But as a form of respect, you know, you accept it, right? But I just yeah. sort of want to give something back. And, yeah, and it, for that reason, out of respect, you don't just give them money as well because they, there has to be a sense of value Yes. Yeah. <coughs> but they do Go ahead. Sorry. They do have, um, they have sewing classes. <clears throat> they teach the women to sew and that gives them an opportunity. And they use, if there are machines available, there's a few people that send machines down, then they leave with a sewing machine. Of course, then they have to have electricity. So that brings me to, you know, for those people who can't, um, perhaps help with donations. Uh, maybe they can get people together um, and create their own volunteer experience, right? Like, like if people can't, if they can manage to get there, yeah. but they can't necessarily, you know, um, continue to, to sponsor somebody every month, for example, what are some of the things that they could come and do? Like, can they come and help build? Can they come and help um, volunteer and bring food or, um, you know, even with these micro loans, can they help to teach some of these skills? Like, what do you guys uh, allow people to come and help? <clears throat> well, with Fund of My Canada doesn't get involved in the volunteer side of that. Okay. But they can certainly connect with the volunteer coordinator at fundamaya.org yes. and ask what opportunities there are. Usually when groups come down, they come down with some funds in order to do any construction because there just usually isn't the money up front to put into that. Um, <clears throat> when, we, when we went down as a coordinated group, everybody who went down signed on, bought two stoves. That was part yeah. of your commitment for going on the trip. That's great. 
and you're paying all your old expenses too as well which have had some people say what but, but you i can mean fundraise as that. an organization we we can do it no so but if you commit to two stoves then you go to two homes and you help construct those stoves oh, i love and that. um you know and you can see when you go into those homes the difference you're making just by that stove there's a high incidence of respiratory illness amongst children when there's the fires on the floor plus the dangers of burns mm -hmm. the time that it takes to collect firewood you know it's diminished because these stoves are ecological it take a little amount but that's another thing that you can do and that gives you a connection too with families yeah, because you're there for a while. You're not just there for five minutes. You know, you're actually yeah. like putting in the yeah. work. And yeah, there's all kinds of different things that they can find, especially, you know, if you go down and you say, well, this is what I'm skilled at. How can I help? Mm -hmm. Then I'm sure they will find something. That's that beautiful. You can do once you're down there. Yeah. And that's what we did too. I couldn't really afford to go. So I raised money. And that's what helped us get down there, you know. And I just, um, it's such a it's such a beautiful thing, and I find um, with Fundamaya, the moment that somebody donates, because I've seen it, I've seen the process when I was in a sh very short time that I was able to visit. Um, from the moment the donation comes in to when it actually impacts the family, it's a matter of days. Like it's just. <laughs> You know, I think somebody donated some food and then all it took was, okay, we've got this donation. They went out to buy the food, deliver the food. It wasn't, it was so quick. So I know that there have been some emergency families who have needed the emergency food and it's brought like, they find a way. Yeah. They find a way to get in there, even with the restrictions of COVID. I understand that through COVID, um, sometimes they needed to bring like a government official into the into the town because um, of the social isolation and just trying to get in there, you know, because everybody was forced to everything was shut down, um, and they still were able to continue for for the most part. And so I want people to know that it doesn't sit somewhere. It, no, there's, the there's no time for it to sit. No, the need is so great. It's almost like, you know, if you could just. <laughs> get it in your hands it's like it's already out the door you know people are coming it's bustling people are coming they're going um it's just and that's what really touched my heart because i could see instantly how the people that work there were very intentional on making things happen quickly yeah. uh, to help the families as much as possible it doesn't go through all this red tape it doesn't go through you know which makes me more secure and more um, assured that my money goes to where it needs to go, which is oh. great as a donor. Like that's so important, you know? Yeah, it definitely does. And anything that comes through Fundamaya Canada, I notify Guatemala instantly. I've received this donation, do. <laughs> this is what it's for. And very shortly, I will get pictures back of that donation <clears throat> for whatever purpose that it's been mm -hmm. delivered. And then that's gone back to the donor so that they can see that that this has happened. <clears throat> of course, if there's a lot of volume, I don't always get the chance to do it. But a lot of <laughs> as volume quickly is as possible. Thing. But um, donors have they <clears throat> if they're sponsoring a child, they have an invitation to Smug Mug, and in Smug Mug, they can see the pictures for themselves if I don't send them out. And um, I've been translating a lot of letters, which have been a challenge because there are some words that are incidental to Guatemala. And I look them up in a Spanish dictionary and I, I think, big dark hole, what are they talking about? And it's something totally different. Mm. In fact, the funny one was, um, I looked it up and it was a military something. And I thought, why would a woman be working with military? And it was actually a word for a small bead. She did bead work. Oh, I love that they write letters. They're so great. <laughs> like they love letters and, you know, even something so simple, like we take for granted, like a birthday cake. Yeah. You know, so many children, um, don't have a birthday cake. And, you know, I heard of one story where this one little girl, I think she was eight and it was the first birthday cake that she had received. And she, <clears throat> you know, wow right? So even something just to make somebody feel special. I know that, 
you know, we all have our mental health issues and I don't know um, of anybody who doesn't want to feel loved, who doesn't need to feel that they're important and how much it affects the way that they live and how much it affects how much energy they have and how they feel about themselves and all those things. So although a birthday cake doesn't feed the family, it's still so special um, or a gift, you know, because it just makes the person feel like, hey, somebody knows I'm here, you know, right. For a child, it's like, oh, I can't imagine, like, how bad do we feel if we can't give our children all the things they ask for? And <laughs> just to have, it's so true. And just to have that one thing, I know as a child, that would have meant everything to me if it's not something that I, that I have. So just to help with their joy and their mental health, I think it's so important too. Just oh, it is. And they get so excited because they get in to go and look at the cupboard and you know, make their choice to ask. Oh, yes, they get gift. to pick, right? Yeah. So you send money down for their birthday <laughs> and they get to choose their own gift. Is that right? Yeah. And and if they're older, because it's mostly you know, younger children, but like some of the young ladies, they'll have a selection of sandals for them. Like they'll ask them, do you want a, a sandals or a sweater? And so they'll have a selection for them to choose from. And I've seen a few of the guys choosing these hoodies and, you know, they just look so... <laughs> <laughs> it's so different from what they typically wear, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's cool. So it's it's in style for them. But oh, yeah. and even <laughs> well for the mothers, I've I've had people give gifts to the mothers and it may be a new apron. And you know, it's something and it and it's just wow, somebody cares about me. Yeah, it doesn't have to be, you know, a thousand dollars spa day. Like, no, it's you know, and God knows they could use that, but you know what I mean? They work so hard, those women. Oh my God, they're so strong. I see them carrying all of these and never blink an eye. Like it's just part of what they do, you know, yeah. and it's it's just expected and it's just their culture and to, it's just a normal thing for them day to day. But I have seen pictures of those girls receiving sandals and they're just kind of like, they stand a little taller and you know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? And it's just, so it's so much, there's so many elements when you give. You know, it's not just the, the necessities, which are, of course, you need food, you need those staples, you need a bed. Like you guys have had instances where um, elderly people or people who are suffering from cancer and other things or terminal with diseases um, that are sleeping in, you know, on the floor. Yeah. So even just providing a bed, I think that's one of the most humane things that you can do at end of life to just provide a bed for somebody who you know, their body is aching and they're already in so much pain. It's such a kind thing to do. So there were all those emergency necessities, but then again, there is the part of like the birthday cake and just making yeah. people feel, you know, feel it, there's so, so many elements to it. Like we could just talk so much about this. I, I love it so much. And then there's the immediate needs versus the, you know, let's let's teach these women a skill let's teach them you know because the kids are working in the fields right like everybody is working oh yeah I mean we have yet one young man he, get up at four go work in the fields go to school go back to the fields I mean the, these the, are kids. The children work as hard as the parents do in, in many cases these are and kids. a lot of children especially with COVID we've had several of our students have to step out of school to work. Mm. And it's, you know, it's sad, but we're just all hoping that things will change soon. <clears throat> yeah, it's tough. And I understand there's this white flag that people put outside their homes yeah. to signify that they are in desperate need of food. Yeah, there's no that. food. Yeah, I remember a picture and it's just stuck with me last year when the um, social workers went in to visit a home and there were three small tomatoes sitting on the stove. That was the only food in the house. Because they don't have cupboards with tins of soup or bags of pasta. That's just not a thing. Their food is daily. What they buy daily is their food. Yeah, and as a mother, you know, looking at, I have one child, but as a mother looking at six or seven or eight of your children, you know, and, and being the last one to feed yourself and feeding everybody and making yeah. sure 
I cannot imagine um, the pressure and the, you know, how that person feels. It's like unbearable to me. Um, so yeah, any, you know, I just, if you're listening and even if you can donate $10, $20. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. Uh, so and much. Nutrition is something that Guatemala and Fundamaya Canada are focusing on for the Giving Tuesday campaign because there's just such a big need. Just last week, a young woman came to them for help. Her husband had died. They were living with the in-laws and the in-laws kicked her and the three children out. There's a three-year-old, a two-year-old and seven-month-year-old. Two were sick and, and were seen by the doctor. All three very malnourished. The two-year-old was the size weight of a one-year-old and the baby had not gained much work, much weight since its premature birth. So it, um, you know, somebody comes in like that and when your coffers are <laughs> a little low, then that $10 from maybe 10 people is $100 and we give them food. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, everybody wins and how you, there is no reason not to, I'm sure that we can give up our coffee for a month. And, you know, if everybody did their part, you know, it takes a village, right? So everybody, oh, did their part. more people, more people. So please tell, tell everybody about this organization. And um, yeah, you know, I've been trying to talk about it as much as possible. And I now have 10 people who I've had guests on my show who want to come the next time I come. And okay. one of them wants to, wants to help with gardening. And one of them wants to, you know, give me a building project. And, and the other one wants to help with the ukulele project. And, you know, just so many things in, so just figure out what your gifts are, you know, and yeah. if you want to connect with these people, it's so easy to do. Like, I know we were talking about Sharon, but Sharon is Sharon smart and Dwight page is her husband. And um, they also have been interviewed on my show in the early days at the beginning. I've interviewed her a couple of times. So if anybody wants to go back and listen to that, they can listen to that as well for some more information. Right. Yeah. Amazing. So yeah, Lois, I don't know. There's just so much to talk about. <laughs> oh, there is. There's just stories after stories after stories. But I just, I, I just like to take the opportunity to, to, thank the Fundamata Guatemalan staff because they faced a lot of challenges. They worked for free for a long time just to get the organization built up yeah. again. And all through COVID, they put themselves on the line and went out. And they're the ones who provide us with the knowledge on how to help. We're not on the outside saying, oh, you know, from our privileged position saying, this is what you need. This is what you should be doing it's all consultative from the inside and that that to me is respectful and it's dignified and it's really heartwarming yeah sometimes we we try to guess at what they <laughs> we just need to ask yeah you know yeah. because sometimes people want to help and they're like okay well I'm going to do this and I have these grand plans and it's great except that maybe that's not what they really need that maybe that's not what the people need the most maybe that's not how you can impact the most that's find right. out don't just go into a community you know nothing about and start taking over really yeah. find out and respect their culture respect learn about them you know and i can't say it enough that although it's great to be a donate um, a sponsor or someone who donates if you can get there it will change your life it will change the way you live when you come back it will show you um, so many things. And, you know, I live close to Toronto in Ontario, and it's only a four hour ride, and it's not overly expensive. And you can, you know, for somebody wanting to visit, you can rent an, an Airbnb, or you can get a room for as, as low as $30 a night. Yeah. Like, it's so affordable. You know, what we did was we we went in with a few different families and got a whole, uh, you know, a couple of like a home. And it's just beautiful. And you can support so many people. You can even when you come down, uh, we were supporting a, a local woman and she would come and cook for us a couple of days, you know, here and there. And they the money that they make is like so much more for doing oh, that. And you get to oh, definitely than yeah. you would ever um they would ever make like in a month just in those couple of days yeah. so 
there's so many different things and you can, you know, go with your family, go with your kids and just even the scenery is just beautiful. Go and hang out the, the backside of a truck, you know, it's so much fun. Oh my God. <laughs> we did that the whole time. My son loved it. And, um, it's just amazing. And you can take beautiful boat rides and there's so many beautiful things to do as a tourist also. Yes. You know? yes. But I think you should spend, um, some time when you're there getting to know, you know, and if you're like, well, I want to do this, but I don't really know how, then connect with Fundamaya. You know, that's what we did. We're like, I really want to come down. Um, you know, I, I want to connect with some families. Can you bring me somewhere? Can you help me find someone that really needs something? Yes. They can help connect you. Absolutely. So between donating from Canada or the States or anywhere in the world to actually going there and, you know, spreading awareness, like, I don't know how many uh, dinner conversations I've had or just conversations with my guests and, and people that I interview just to let them know about Fundamaya. You know, you come back and you're like, okay, well, maybe I don't have the funds right now, but what can I do? Talk about the company, talk yeah. about how it affected you, you know, and in terms, those people will um, tell other people who will tell other people and it will get to someone who can make a big difference, you know? Uh, yeah, that's for sure. And it, you know, people worry, um, oh, I can only give $20 or I can only give $25. But if you add to that, talking about it or pointing to the website or looking up Fundamaya Canada on Facebook or following Fundamaya Guatemala on Facebook, um, then you're doing, you're doing that, that bit more and, and your dollars count, you know, it doesn't have to be a thousand dollars. You do what you can give. And, and we, we never ask any, any more than that. Yeah. And you know what we did at work because one of us could not afford individually <laughs> to sponsor a child. We came together and what we did was we like, we're like, well, we don't really need to do Christmas Santa. What do we need? We all have everything that we need. Why don't we instead, um, because a couple of us at my work had been down to Guatemala, um, why instead do we not sponsor a child? So that's what we're hoping to do every year. And, and it coincides great with Christmas because um, I think December 15th is the deadline for to yes. sponsor a child for, you know, till September, I think it is of the next year. And like you said, it gives them the supplies. It gives them shoes, a backpack. Sometimes I know with our child that we sponsor, it also gave them like a tablet they could work on right. during COVID and all of these things, which makes, helps them for the future too, to become computer. I know you guys have computer classes and all these things to help the, the new generation. So even if it takes, you know, five of you or 10 of you to come together and, and make that happen for one child, it, it's amazing. And when you see, hey, my $20, when you go on the website can, or my $50 or $65 can actually give them this and you get, you know, sometimes you can get a photo. You're like, wow. Okay. So I didn't go out for lunch today. <laughs> you know what I mean? Here are eight yeah. people who have been able to eat chicken, rice, corn. Like, it's just, I can't imagine, like, you know, sometimes we go two hours without eating. We're like, oh, I'm so hungry. You know, I remember going to one of the preschools and a couple of the little kids coming up to us and saying, we're hungry and rubbing their tummies. And it broke my heart. Yeah. You know, and it's just, I don't know. I don't know what to say. Life is so much more than just about us. You know, life is not about <clears throat> us. It's about reaching out to other other human beings and connecting. And just because people are were born to you know circumstance and and where they're born does not make them less than we no, are. No, definitely not. You know? There's a, a lot of brilliant little minds there that just need the the chance to flourish and and change their lives, as I said, and their family and their community so and and we do we accept sponsorships all throughout the year right but if people that are renewing we ask them to do it by december 15th because it gives us the opportunity to plan you know what we need they will start in january they go january to october some go to november but then they have the rest of the year off and they start up in january mm. and i know with, we sponsor a child who's now 15 
and um, mm-hmm. he has got, made, you know, leaps and bounds. Um, you know, I think he's in grade six now and he's been doing so well. And we heard, you know, from his teachers that he's just excelling and they're such brilliant children. They really just need to be given a chance. Yeah. You know, and you don't really know what you're missing until you get that sponsorship. And then, you know, you have a chance. There's hope. The whole family dynamic, it just changes. Yes. So much more than just getting that extra you know, the best telephone here. And <laughs> someone in Guatemala, one of the locals there actually told me, do not feel guilty for living where you live. Because I was, you know, there was one day in particular that I was feeling very heavy about, um, you know, being privileged. And they said, it's not your fault that you were born there and I was born here. Yeah. And be yeah. grateful. That's all we ask. Be grateful. Don't feel guilty about it. But do have people come from your country and teach us skills. Yes, you have people, you know, if you have that education, use it for for good. And it really did, you know, take that heaviness away and didn't feel like, yeah, you know, I'm not taking things away from them just because I lived in Canada. So I don't want us to feel guilty about it, or pity them. But I really do want us to do more than just forget people that are on the other side of the world, because it's just distance and the world is actually getting smaller and it's easier to get, you know? And I think personally, I think the biggest impact is when I actually went there, but um, yeah. Anyway, thank you, Lois, for everything that you are doing. Oh my goodness. And for saying yes, (laughs) for saying yes that day, you know, after a few (laughs) sleepless nights. And I think that's beautiful. Is there anything that you want to tell us that we didn't actually get a chance to talk about today? Um, Well, I think we went, uh, the programs that we have, uh, I think we're education, sponsoring elders and emergency food and emergency medical. Um, Those are mainly what we focus on. And that Guatemala, you know, make sure it happens for us. I think I'd like donors to feel totally comfortable that they're the majority of their dollars. Of course, Guatemala has paid staff, so a certain portion has to go towards that. But where else do you get a bed for $255? And and when you say and that, it's like a mattress and... Yeah, and the woodwork on the bed is, is beautiful. Their wardrobes are range between two and 400, depending on the size, and they're beautiful as well. And most of these families don't have any, they're, you know, their clothes are in cardboard box if they're lucky enough to have extra clothes. And mm-hmm. um, it just, like I say, every, you know, every little bit helps. And it, it's just really heartwarming when you know somebody can come in and they've got untreated diabetes and so they're at risk for blindness or stroke or uh, nerve damage and you know you can send them to the doctor and so if you contributed ten dollars towards that doctor's visit feel good because you've made that happen and and we couldn't do it without our donors Mm. it's it's just so very important and I always just tell somebody, they say, well, you know, why should I pick Guatemala? And I'll say, well, why not? But pick any country, pick mm-hmm. any place. And just on a holiday recently, I was challenged. Well, why not in Canada? Why don't you do your work in Canada? Well, because there's food banks and there's welfare and, and there's a, a lot of places here that will give people here help. In Guatemala, there isn't. Mm-hmm. You know, we did approach, uh, we did go to, a, we were invited to a home um, and they had three refrigerators and they were all broken and they were used as um, a place to store their clothes. So when you said that, it's absolutely, you know, and their fridges are, are not like ours. They're thinner, they're taller, so they're not very yeah. big. Um, but when you have to store your clothes in there just because it's got a door and, you know, like a... And uh, yeah, it's a real eye opener. You know? It is. It, I, I can remember the very first evening in 1996 when I first went down. I mean, I was I, educated. I read a lot. And, you know, I, you read about poverty, mm. but it's not the same as being there and sitting in the middle of the room with poverty. It's a 
totally different feeling. And, and like you say, it changes you, you go home. And I used to be ter terrible for buying books, like, yeah, I won't even say how many a week. <laughs> and now I know, okay, I can get it online through the library. <laughs> you, know, like, you just don't spend money the same way once you've experienced that. Yeah, and take the money that you were going to buy the book, still get the book for yourself yeah. at, through the library, um, you know, and, and send that. Yeah. Don't wait until you have, you know, $1,000 to send. Send every little bit counts. You know, you can do it through the, through the website. Um, I also want people to be invited to the Facebook group um, that we can also put here in the notes if anybody wants to see how they're, you know, how the money is being spent. And if you want to see individual stories and how people are impacting and, and get to meet some of the people there. Yeah. Um, the, the Guatemalan uh, Fund Maya Facebook page um, has a lot more, uh, you know, more individual stories than Fund Maya Canada. And the Amigos de Fund Maya is another page that has um, specific stories, but that is a closed group mm. to protect the family. So you have to be... Uh, a donor or a sponsor to access that group mm -hmm. because you have to be careful of the information that's shared yeah and, and just course. also for the people in the community i mean I, I don't like to say it you know it it's dangerous for them but if a family appears really well off and there's somebody who's starving and they have tortillas and salt is their their meal and not necessarily three times a day then there is a desperation of course. And it can make other community, other families vulnerable. So that group is, is closed. But once you um, are a sponsor, a regular donor, then you are granted access to it. Yeah, which is beautiful. And, and just, to, just to give people an, also an idea, sometimes when there are no tortillas, um, I know of one particular family who will go out, and I think this is quite... Um, quite common that sometimes the moms will go out into the fields and get some herbs and things and yeah. water and just use the herbs to flavor the the water so that they can give them soup yeah so sometimes it can be that dire um yeah, yeah. so you know thank you and wow if you're feeling down and you're listening to this podcast like uh, you know i had many years where i was feeling you know um depressed and and the only thing that helped me uh, was to reach out to other people and put the focus on, you know, away from yourself sometimes. Um, sometimes when you're depressed and you're anxious, it, it's very easy to just see what your pain and to feel that. But I found that one of the number one ways for me personally um, to get out of that was to do for other people. So please know that it will help you as well. If you are in need of some of that extra love, you know, or it, it also helps to end loneliness. Sometimes, even though we're surrounded with people, um, we can feel lonely. And when you belong to something bigger than yourself, um, it can end that loneliness. Even if you never, ever really meet the people that you're helping, um, it really does make you feel a part of something bigger than just your own life. Right. So I just want you guys to keep that in mind. And, uh, yeah, if you want to reach out to Lois or you want to reach out to me, um, you can email me at info at travellivegive.com and I will put all the links where you can, um, you know, you can connect with, with Fundamaya Canada or Fundamaya in the U.S. Um, and in Guatemala. And um, yeah, Christmas is coming, you know, <laughs> and, and let's, give, let's give people, you know, something to eat for Christmas and uh, yeah, maybe do one less Amazon shop. Yeah. Thank you so much, Nelia. Yeah, it really makes a difference and we appreciate, appreciate it. And it's good for the heart. Yes. And thank you for all your volunteer hours and your hard work. And, you know, I know it's, I know it's more than just work to you. It's, it's so much more than that, especially when you're giving your own time and, and I appreciate everything that you're doing. And you're always right there to answer all my questions. I send Lois <laughs> tons of messages and I'm trying to keep, you know, abreast of everything. And uh, yeah. And if, you know, if anybody wants to start their own little fundraiser to help out Fundamaya, um, contact Lois um, Reamer or Sharon Smart uh, and listen to that other episode as well. Okay. Thank you, Nelia. Thank you. <laughs> we'll be in touch soon, I'm sure. <laughs>
Thank you so much. Yeah, sorry about the coughing. <laughs> That's okay. It happens when, you know, when I'm getting you to talk so much. Of course, it's going to. No problem. Okay. Have a good day, Beth. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.